Hello and welcome to a special edition of Power Play for this Friday, February 17th. I'm Joyce Napier. Tonight, the historic invocation of the Emergencies Act cleared. The very high threshold required for the invocation of the Act was met. The inquiry results are in, finding the Prime Minister met the threshold to invoke the Emergencies Act to bring down the hammer on last year's so-called Freedom Convoy. But officials aren't getting off untarnished. The Commissioner found the unprecedented move was forced by a series of government and policing failures. We didn't want to have to invoke the Emergencies Act. It's a measure of last resort. This was an emergency that Justin Trudeau created. With the convoy long gone, does its anger remain? And does anything push police and governments to act on the 56 recommendations made by the inquiry today? We bring you an exclusive interview with former Ottawa Police Chief Peter Slowly, Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair, and Opposition Reaction, plus our Friday strategy session to break it down. The situation that led to its use could likely have been avoided. Some of the missteps may have been small, but others were significant. Taken together, they contributed to a situation that spun out of control. Off the hook for invoking the Emergencies Act? Well, not quite. Justice Rouleau says the government met the threshold to invoke the act, but he goes on to say it is regrettable that such a situation arose here because, in my view, it could have been avoided. He describes a series of policing failures and what he says can be seen as a failure of federalism. He makes 56 recommendations. They include considering a national event management unit to respond to events like the Freedom Convoy, a way to quickly request additional police officers protecting critical trade, and amendments to the Emergencies Act. Will the federal government commit to act on any of the recommendations laid out in Justin Rouleau's report? Joining me now is Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair. Minister, welcome to Power Play. Good to have you on the show. Well, let me, let me ask you that question. You know, how much of an emergency is implementing some or all of the 56 recommendations? And Joyce, it was an extraordinary set of circumstances that led to the necessity of invoking the Emergencies Act. But Justice Rouleau has made 56 very thoughtful recommendations, and he, he conducted you know, a very thorough review of all the documentation. He heard from witnesses. He heard from people that were involved in the protest and people impacted by the protest. Um, he's made a number of very important recommendations, and we make our, our commitment that we will do as he's asked and, and, and review them. We'll report to him and to publicly about how we're doing that, and we'll get to to that work immediately. Some of the things that he recommended, we've already recognized because we heard the testimony and we lived through those events. We've already begun to act, but those recommendations are important to us and, and we take them very seriously and, and we've made a commitment to Justice Rouleau and we make a commitment to the people of Ottawa and this country. We'll work to make sure that the circumstances that gave rise to that event um, are addressed in, in as thorough and appropriate way as possible. So, and, and we heard the, the, the Prime Minister today saying, you know, we're going to give ourselves a year and we're going to look over them, but you know, invoking the act, although regrettable, was justified, said uh, the Rouleau today. You know, I guess a political sigh of relief within the cabinet. But Judge Rouleau also said government at all levels were unprepared. 
Why were you so unprepared? It's, a, it's an important question. You know, in, in a cooperative confederation, provinces, territories, the federal it government... It wasn't very and, cooperative, though. Well, provinces, territories, municipalities, and the federal government, all three orders of government, have responsibilities and authorities that, that are intended to be able to deal with these situations. Um, I think that, you know, upon reflection, and certainly the, the Justice Rouleau's report, and our own experience with what, what transpired here, there are, I think, are opportunities for improvement. I think we, we can do better. Um, I, I, I also think that, you know, the, 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 the circumstances of this particular protest in some ways were exceptional and unique and, and presented some very unique challenges. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we take very seriously our responsibility to keep people safe and work with the provinces, territories, and municipalities, and with our institutions like policing. But you, you were unable to respond to this without that tool, with without the emergencies. And that sounds like a failure of governments. If you cannot respond to something, to, 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 to people, you know, in bouncy castles and hot tubs out there, um, and you need an emergency just, just to, to be really clear, to that. the problem was not bouncy castles and hot tubs. I know that's, that was the vi visual image that the TV portrayed. The, but there was very significant threats to the national security and to the safety and security of Canadians when there was blockades at our, our, our international borders, when those essential supply lines, which are critical to our manufacturing sector, to people's jobs and livelihoods in this country, and to their safety and security. And, and, and some of the disruption that was taking place here in Ottawa anchored the, that activity across the country. And, and so, you know, I, th I think the, the, the obvious, bouncy castles and, 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 and hot tubs and everything else, quite frankly, is, is, is not why it was necessary to invoke the act. And, and, and we're very grateful, by the way, to Justice Rouleau, who I think articulated all of the circumstances. And when he said that it was necessary, but he said it with reluctance, I want to assure Canadians we felt the same reluctance. We approached our responsibilities to bring the situation under control and protect the health and safety of Canadians. We recognized the importance of doing that, but we recognized how exceptional and extraordinary the invocation of this act was. And we tried to explore with our, our provincial, territorial, and municipal partners, institutions right across this country, every way in which this could be resolved until it became quite necessary. Oh, okay. This is what we had to do. I, I want to take you back to before. When, when these trucks were, were, were rolling into Ottawa, you, you know, it took days and days. And, and it was mounting. And all those supporters along the highway, it was clear that something was un that was unprecedented was coming to Ottawa. You are a former police chief. Uh, you've got trucks big like some of condos coming into town. You let them park in front of Parliament Hale, did it? Did you ever, as a, as a, as a cop, think, oh my God, this is a mistake from, from the outset? Yeah, I, listen, I think there, there are responsibilities of municipal police services and provincial police services. Policing in this country is administered under provincial legislation and is the responsibility of the municipality. You know, I think there's something upon reflection, and Rouleau, Justice Rouleau articulated this very clearly in his report, some of the things that he believed were mistakes and that, that could have and should have been done different. What the federal government was dealing with is when those things had not been successful in, in being able to clear it, when the situation escalated to, to a, a very real threat to national security and safety of all Canadians right across the country, then it became necessary for the federal government to exercise its extraordinary authorities to invoke the Emergencies Act, bring in those measures which were necessary to resolve this thing safely. Okay, so I want to ask you about his, the, the, the sort of failure of federalism, which, which I think is a very important point uh, Mr. Rouleau made. Um, you know, in 
in a conversation, and that's on the record in the testimony, in a conversation with Jim Watson, the former mayor of Ottawa, Justin Trudeau said, Doug Ford has been hiding from his responsibility on it for political reasons. Is the fact that you didn't get that kind of cooperation from uh, the premier of the province, did that hinder what what you could have done or, or, or avoided even. Well, as, as I testified, and, and Justice Rouleau speaks to this in his report, we established what we call a tripartite table, which was intended to bring federal, provincial, and municipal elected officials, but also uh, other officials, to the table. Because in a cooperative confederation, and this is the, the fundamental principle of confederation in this country, we, we have to collaborate and work together, share information, and support each other. And so, you know, and, and we, we weren't successful in bringing all of those resources to that table, but there was subsequent conversations between the deputy minister in Ontario and our deputy minister, between um, myself and, and Minister Jones and, and Mr. Menachino. Um, the premier and the prime minister also spoke. And, and so, you know, we also saw the OPP. Um, came to Windsor, they came to Ottawa, and... and, and Eventually, yes. Well, they, they, it, 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 it was complicated, and they worked through it. Yes. But, uh, and I well, that's that an understatement. Justice Rouleau acknowledges the complexity of, of, of what people were dealing with. But, but ultimately, I think the report does say very clearly, we reached a set of circumstances where it was necessary to take extraordinary measures under the, under the Act, Justice Rouleau has, has, I think, clearly stated that those measures were necessary and appropriate. Um, and and it, I think it's important for us to tell Canadians, the Emergencies Act requires that any action we take has to be charter compliant. It's time limited. We, we only invoked it when it was necessary, and, and we, we lifted its invocation at the very first opportunity when, when the emergency abated. We, the government was prepared to do what was required, what was necessary to keep people safe. And we, we took those actions. We're very just, grateful for Justice Rouleau's report, and he's articulated some very, very important recommendations on how we can all do better together. Yes, he did. Indeed, 56 of them. Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair, thanks so much for being here. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much. So that's the federal government. The opposition have been listening in and are standing by to respond. But first, the response to the so-called Freedom Convoy described by Justice Rouleau as a series of policing failures. Peter Slowly was the Ottawa police chief when protesters rolled in and later occupied the downtown core. A year ago, he resigned from that position, facing criticism as the face of Ottawa police's response. He joins me now for an exclusive interview with CTV's Power play, Mr. Slowly, welcome and thanks for taking the time and, and, and for coming in here. Um, so Justice Rouleau says that, you know, yes, they were policing failures. We understand that. We lived them. But that you were a little bit of a scapegoat, that not all those policing failures were, were your failures. Do you feel vindicated today? Why did you feel that you wanted to come here and, and, and react to this, to, to, to this report? Well, first of all, I made a commitment to myself and my family that I would not speak publicly in regards to any of the aspects of the reviews, whether the City of Ottawa's review, the various standing committee reviews, or obviously the Commissioner's review, until the Commissioner's report was tabled. And so this is my first time doing an interview in regards to my involvement during the Freedom Convoy events. Um, the word that you used, uh, the word that Justice Rouleau used, are quite frankly the words that Canadians from coast to coast to coast have related to me over the last year. 
So uh, I'm not surprised that it found its way into the report, and I'm not surprised it's the question you've asked me. I know that I did absolutely the very uh, best job that I could, and the officers who worked for me, the members of the Ottawa Police Service, in the circumstances they found themselves in, far from ideal, um, did their best. Clearly, there were areas that we were wanting, and clearly there were areas that, on reflection, I wish I had a chance to do differently. Give me an example of that. One example of what you wish you had done differently. There was a range of early communication in the days that people were after the trucks had arrived. That people were trying to figure out exactly what this was. I don't think we had a word for it. Still to this day, we call it occupations, demonstrations. I've heard the word insurgencies. I don't know if we've settled on a single word. And trying to communicate that as a police chief, as a police chief, in a jurisdiction obviously overwhelmed by circumstances that are national in scope were very difficult. And I wish I had the more precise language in order to convey that within my organization, convey that to the citizens, the million people that lived in the city, and the 35 million Canadians. It was a challenge. You needed help. Who was not listening to you at first? I remember you saying that you, know, you, you felt you were sort of left out there without any help. What, who was not listening to you? Who did not help you? Well, thank you. First of all, I, I don't recall that statement myself, but there certainly was that sense of pressure and urgency happening within the Ottawa Police Service, within the city of Ottawa. Um, I did make a statement that there might not be a policing solution for this. And for me, that was, first of all, a statement, we're doing everything we can, but we're going to need some more help. And I think that was a call not just to any particular level of government. That was in a, a call to Canadians to understand that this was a national security situation. Um, it required a whole of society uh, investment in, in some small or significant way from a number of actors, whether elected or unelected, whether they be police or justice, or whether they just be thought leaders and thoughtful Canadians. How, are, how early on did you think that the Emergencies Act would be the tool you needed? Never. You were never for it? I was never asked about it. Um, the plans that we were putting in place uh, were based... There were never any conversations about that? Not directly with me. And I've already been on record uh, in terms of that with the Commission and standing committees. Um, the plans that were being put in place, uh, those that we, we were responsible for in Ottawa, and those that were then part of the larger uh, joint planning group between the RCP and OPP did not uh, presume any other emergency powers other than what was announced, I think, on the last Friday that I was in office by the provincial government. So there are some recommendations that I find quite puzzling that, oh, we mean we don't have that in Canada yet kind of recommendations. So one of them is consider the creation of a single national intelligence coordinator for major events. If you had had that or, or even better information and intelligence sharing between all levels of government and police forces, look at that. It seems to me that that should have been something that was already in place regardless of the, of, the, of the occupation. What do you think about those recommendations? Would those have helped you? Those recommendations echo recommendations that I made myself, again, before the Standing Committee, um, as well as uh, the Commissioner. Um, we have a national security framework. It is not as robust as it needs to be. It has, had not, it has not had the investments it should have had. That goes back decades. Um, and when we come across these black swan type events that are literally once in a generation, they get tested to the fullest. And I think structurally we were found lacking within our national security and policing intelligence capabilities. I suspect a lot of that has been uh, worked on over the last year. 
I do not suspect that it's where it needs to be to address the future. And so hopefully these recommendations will be taken seriously and acted on. Are you, were you dealing with a police officers in your ranks that were very sympathetic to uh, the convoy, to the people that were downtown, that were practically living downtown Ottawa for three weeks? Is that, was that one of your problems? There were millions of people in this country that were very sympathetic to what was going yes, on here Yes, but I'm asking you about your police. And I was about to answer, so yes. Yes, there were members of my police service that expressed a great deal of sympathy for the range of issues that coalesced around the activities So was here. it difficult for you to make them do their job? No, because people can hold personal opinions around a range of issues and still come to work as a nurse, as a, as a journalist, and as a police officer and complete their duties. Where there were clear conflicts, we initiated, I initiated investigations during my watch, and I suspect some of them are still going on through the, through the judicial process. You felt compelled to resign. Do you, did you resign because you figured you were becoming, you know, sort of a focal point? Why did you resign before this was settled? Yeah, thank you. Um, again, I was clear in my testimony before Justice Rouleau, and I'll be clear again. My resignation is a very complicated issue, as it is for anybody at, at that age and stage to make such a resignation. But the number one issue is for public safety. It was clear to me by what was being reported on this channel and many other channels that there was a disproportionate level of concern around my leadership, and that and therefore impacted the trust and confidence of the Ottawa Police Service. That, I believe, had a direct correlation to the amount of resources and the timing of those resources and the public's confidence and patience for those resources to arrive. I took myself out of that equation. The resources arrived. The plan that was in place was executed and done so very well. And we were able to resolve this safely with no serious loss of no loss of life and no serious injuries. You know, I'm going to uh, go on this, uh, probably on a tangent, because a lot of people in Ottawa were aggravated by this. So there was an occupation downtown Ottawa. There's a whole bunch of illegal things happening. But as soon as you got out of the downtown core, people were getting parking tickets and, uh, you know, for, for, for five minutes expiry of, of, of a parking. So I'm wondering, they were doing their job outside of there, but it seemed that there was a lot of cooperation going on uh, in the downtown court from your police officers. How did that, how did that play? Uh, well, for me, there is no real complication. We had a massive national security event primarily playing itself out in a small few square kilometers of what is geographically the largest municipality in Canada and the second largest in North America. I had two responsibilities during, during that two and a half weeks. I was the chief of police of the city of Ottawa in a large jurisdiction that still required police services on a 24-hour basis. And that's what we did. We also had a 24-hour national security event playing itself out right below these studios. And so we had two different theaters going on. And so for people to try to compare what was going on within the microcosm that was a national security event and the rest of a city that would hold six other major municipalities, I can understand the confusion, but that is the reality. We had everyday policing going on everywhere else, and we had a unique challenge of policing and national security right here below the studios. That's unfortunately all the time we have. But, you know, thanks again for, for, for coming, for taking the time to talk to us. Former Ottawa Police Chief Peter Slowly. have a nice weekend. Thank you so much. We're taking a quick break, and when we return, the opposition has been listening into Minister Blair and former Ottawa Police Chief Peter Slowly. They join us next. Stay right here with PowerPlay. It is unfortunate. It was undesirable. 
We didn't want to do it. But we'd gotten to a place where there was no other choice to keep Canadians safe. Welcome back. That was the Prime Minister reacting to Justice Rouleau's report into his government's use of the Emergencies Act. The opposition were listening in to both emergency preparedness Minister Bill Blair and former Ottawa Police Chief Peter Slowly. So how does the opposition plan to hold the government accountable in its response to the report's 56 recommendations? Let's bring them in now. Joining me now are Conservative Emergency Preparedness critic Dane Lloyd and NDP ethics critic Matthew Green. Thank you, gentlemen, for being there. Happy Friday, uh, and a big Friday it is. Um, so l let me start with you, uh, Dane Lloyd. The government said they, you know, reluctantly used this. The, the uh, judge reluctantly said that the use was... That's, that was the tool they had to use. Um, give me your reaction to this. Does this clear the government? It's, was the government justified? It seems that it was, but you know, ish. Yes, well, I'm not surprised uh, that the report came down the way it was. I think Justice Rouleau acknowledged that uh, reasonable people could have come to a very different conclusion than his using the same evidence that he used. And I think the fact is he did reluctantly come to this conclusion because the factual evidence was not overwhelming to support the government's invocation of the Emergencies Act. Uh, some really key points, you know, I think the government failed on a number of points, the Prime Minister uh, the, the commissioner noted that the prime minister's comments about a small fringe yes. minority uh, really energized and hardened the resolve of, of some of the protesters to come to Ottawa and increased mistrust in our government at a time when we needed government to be engaging uh, with all Canadians to come to a resolution so, before uh, this came on about. That thought, on that thought, which, which I find really interesting, parallelly, is the support that your party gave the uh, the occupiers or protesters we don't even know how to call them anymore did that also embolden them and sort of inspire them to stay a little bit longer Is, don't you see a parallel between the two the, the 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 prime minister you know sort of being quite insulting perhaps but at the same time your party being so supportive of them Yes, well, it's not the role of the official opposition to condemn lawful protesters. And I think the commissioner noted that the vast majority of the protesters who came to Ottawa and were protesting were lawful, peaceful protesters. Was there a concern about but extremists? But it became unlawful and yes. became an occupation. Was there a concern the same, about the extremists? The same peaceful ones. Absolutely. And we, we do never condoned lawlessness in the city of Ottawa. And we never condone lawlessness at our borders. In fact, we condemn those things. Our leader, Pierre Polyev, condemned those things. But if you are pushing these people to the fringe, if you're not open to engaging with these people, then there would be no way to resolve this except for using uh, an extreme measure like the Emergencies Act. And I think the lesson learned here today is that we don't want to get to that point in the future. Mr. Green, I want to bring you in. You know, uh, so there are recommendations uh, here. Are you going to hold the government accountable. Some of the recommendations, I'm, I'm going to repeat them because it seemed that I thought we already had this in our country, Cons uh, you know, the creation of a single national intelligence coordinator for major events. Why don't we already have that? Um, better information and intelligence sharing between all levels of government and the police, duh. So, you know, it seems to me that it is your role as, as their partner to keep them to some of these recommendations. How are you going to do that? 
Well, even beyond that, I think it's important for us to know first the impact that this had on citizens, the fact that they were terrified, they were afraid to lose, uh, leave their homes, they were harassed and targeted. Uh, this was a failure, and Justice Rouleau identified this. This was a failure of policing. This was a failure of all levels of government, municipal, provincial, and federal levels of government to coordinate and provide basic public safety for the nation's capital and for communities across the country. And I think it's our role to not just adhere to the recommendations that have been put forward by Justice Rulo, but more importantly, to take his report, his commission's report, as a warning. Indeed, all Canadians should take the words of this report as a warning that if we don't heed uh, the issues that have been raised around the failures of policing, if we don't come to better political processes with a clear line of chain of command with higher thresholds and better definitions, we will absolutely be back in this same place again. And putting politics aside for a moment, this is, I think, the duty of all elected officials across the country to heed this warning in this moment and then moving forward, uh, begin to, to remedy that, whether it's through amendments to the Emergency Act or uh, addressing it through existing legislation. So it ended peacefully at the end. There were no incidents, no injuries. Would you say that that's a win for the government? I don't, I don't think, think anybody any won in this, in this scenario. And I think that it's important that while we can note that there wasn't any physical violence, harm was caused. Harm was caused to communities, uh, communities in Ottawa and communities across the country. Uh, certainly there are grievances within this populist movement uh, that are economic and sociopolitical in nature that need to be addressed. Justice Rouleau goes at great length to detail the history of the, the uh, movement and, and the players that were involved, but this is beyond any individual person within the context of, the, of this collapse and, and failure uh, within Canada. Well, then let me let me ask you then: Is it that nobody understood what was coming to Ottawa? Was everybody so out to lunch, so to speak, that when they arrived, it was like, "What is this?" Who did not understand? What it was, sorry, I'm, I'm asking, I'm, I'm asking Dane that question, sorry. How is it that nobody seemed to, not the police, not the levels of government, to understand what was coming to Ottawa? Well, I think, uh, you know, we'd seen a trucker protests come to Ottawa before. We had the United We Roll yes. protests back in 2019. You know, s some similar issues, economic issues, but of course, pale in comparison to COVID-19 and, and the impact that those issues had on Canadians. And so I think most people expected that these protests would come to Ottawa for a few days um, and that the protesters would leave. And I don't think people un understood that uh, there was a determination by protesters to stay. And I think that determination especially became hardened when it became clear that the government uh, would seek to antagonize these protesters by calling them a small fringe minority um, and by just refusing to engage in any way, in any good faith, um, not necessarily, you know, having meetings with the protesters, but at least showing as a government that they were listening to the concerns of Canadians who were very frustrated coming out of a very divisive 2021 election about COVID-19 mandates and the impacts that we're having on ripping families apart 
taking away people's economic livelihoods. Uh, I have truckers in my family, uh, people who chose not to be vaccinated for whatever reasons, yeah. who were looking at their entire uh, livelihoods being taken away from them because of a government decision to block cross-border mandates. And, and these people just didn't feel they were being listened to by their government, and I think that hardened a lot of people's resolve. I, I, I understand and sympathize with them. However, the cross-border was also an American decision, not only a Canadian decision. Uh, Dane Lloyd, Matthew Green, uh, that's all the time we have, unfortunately. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us uh, and for sharing your thoughts. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And our Friday strategy session will break down the political fallout of today's findings. But first, the political stories you need to know today. The list is next. Stay right here with PowerPlay. And welcome back to Power Play. This is the list of what's happening in politics today. We need to hurry up. We need the speed, speed of our agreements, speed of our delivery to strengthen our sling, speed of decisions to limit Russian potential. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky pushing for swift action against Russia, addressing a European security summit of politicians, military officers and diplomats in Munich, Germany today, including Canada's Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie. Approaching the first anniversary of Russia's war in Ukraine, Zelensky warned that European delays in response to Russia have always been a mistake. The U.S. says it has successfully concluded its search for debris of the massive balloon that it shot down on February 4th. Analysis is ongoing, but officials say initial findings support the conclusion that the device is a Chinese spy balloon. Recovery efforts are ongoing for the three other objects shot out of the sky over Canada and the U.S. last weekend. But yesterday, President Biden said they are believed to be benign. I didn't always get it right. When I didn't, I took responsibility, as a leader must, including in this instance, when many were hurt more than me. John Tory is officially off the job, handing over the reins at Toronto City Hall at 5 p.m. today, a week after he announced his resignation over an affair with a staffer. And stay right here. The report into the government's historic use of the Emergencies Act is out. What does it mean for Justin Trudeau? The strategy session digs in next. They're right here. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Lawful protests descended into lawlessness, culminating in a national emergency. He caused the emergency that unfolded. And then when he caused it, he piled on, he poured more gasoline on the fire with nasty insults, jabbing his finger in the faces of his own citizens. The fact that circumstances evolved to the point where cabinet reasonably considered it necessary to invoke the act is regrettable because in my view, the situation that led to its use could likely have been avoided. And welcome back. The federal government met the very high threshold, threshold rather, to invoke the Emergencies Act, not without Justice Rouleau saying the so-called Freedom Convoy never should have escalated to that point. So what is the political fallout for the prime minister and should parties across the aisle 
respond. Let's bring in the strategy session to dig in. Joining me now are Greg McCachran. He's advised polit politicians at all three levels of government and worked on the communications team for two national election campaigns, Greg leans liberal. Yaroslav Baran from Pendulum Group, he was the communications director for the Conservative Party, and NDP national director Anne McGrath is here. Nice to see you all. Happy Friday. It's a big day today. Um, Yaroslav, I want to start with you, um, because Pierre Poiliev says that Justin Trudeau's word, calling it a fringe minority, uh, was a provocation. It made it worse. So I want to ask you if the fact that many MPs from the Conservative Party supported uh, the, uh, the occupation, you know, over days and days, brought them coffee and, and, and all that, did that make them, embolden them and make them want to stay maybe a little bit longer? Well, sure. Anytime a protester sees a, a welcome mat, sees a, a warm cup of coffee, it sends them a signal that they're welcome, that they should be there, and it shows them support. That's just a fact of life. Uh, speaking of this, uh, of, the, uh, of, of the Prime Minister's remarks today, I thought one of the most significant things that happened today, probably on par with the Rouleau Commission report, was the fact that Today, the, the Prime Minister apologized for having othered and smeared said he uh, legi said yeah, legitimate yeah. people with differences of opinion the way he had. I shouldn't have tarred them all with the same brush. I thought that was a classy move. I thought was, that, that was important to do because probably the vast majority of the energy behind the protests was people feeling frustrated, left out, voiceless, unheard. unheard. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was a classy move by the Prime Minister today, long overdue, and maybe, maybe it's a turning of the page. So, so, Greg, let me ask you, he did today, um, and, and, and I think that perhaps even conservatives uh, thought, thought it, but isn't it a bit late um, to, to, to say that because it was a provocation, a little bit? I, yeah, no, because it's not why they stayed here. Let's be realistic. They didn't come and stay because the Prime Minister used one word. If they did do that, then they are bigger snowflakes than what most people on the far right call people in the centre and left. I note that Rouleau, in his first volume, uses the word fringe three times himself. And I think what the Prime Minister was trying to say, unsuccessfully, and like Yarrow, I am glad that he apologized so perhaps we can move on. But there were people out here who were here for realistic reasons, pe people that I might not have had an argument with. And they got caught up with people who were using people's, the residents of Ottawa's bathroom, backyards as bathrooms. Um, so it's not about that word. You know, what we found out today was being angry is not justification to break the law. That's, it's as simple as that. And, and when I noticed the, you know, the conservative MP, the conservative leader trying to make this about Trudeau as the cause, well, no, the, the cause was a huge failure in policing. They should never have been out there in the first place. They should never have been allowed to stay. So the problem escalated to the point where it became up to the federal government to solve it, and they did. And one of the other things I thought the Prime Minister said today, I think we should note, is he paid tribute to the parliamentarians 30 years ago who wrote this act. The act has aged, and it needs to be updated. Perrin Beattie was the minister at the time. I noticed just as we were coming into the studio, uh, he's done some, some tweets on this, some comments. Finally, he's, he's talked about this. But again, I, I think, you know, ultimately, it was a tough test, and the justice says the federal government met it. 
And I'm wondering, I'm, I'm going to look to the future here. Uh, there are 56 recommendations. And again, I'm going to go and a hammer on the same point, but, but we don't have a single national intelligence coordinator for major events yet in Canada, uh, or we don't have better information and intelligence sharing between all levels of government and police forces. That was two of the recommendations. Um, how hard is your party going to press this government to implement things as obvious as this? Well, I mean, first of all, it was on the, the lack of coordination was on display completely Absolutely. during that yeah. whole thing. I mean, we've talked before about what a failure it was at all levels of government that it even came to this. I will say that I think that Justice Rouleau and his commission has done a, an enormous service, uh, both in, 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 in giving us the warning uh, but also in pointing some uh, to, to some things that we need to actually take action on. And one of them is uh, to update the, the Emergencies Act, and I think that that's important. So I, I think that um, the Emergencies Act clearly was necessary at, at, at the time, and that's what was concluded from this. But now we know that there are things that were not foreseen when the Act was, uh, was first uh, developed, and we have to make those changes. So what we will be doing is we will be making sure that that happens, and we will be making sure that we yeah. uh, put, the, put things in place so that we are able to deal with things like this. Yeah. I mean, the anger, the frustration, the despair that people feel is not going away. There are a lot of things to be concerned about, but we can't allow that. That's often, sometimes, legitimate anger and 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 you know frustration to develop into lawlessness, which is what was allowed to happen during that uh, during that period of time. And we have to remember that during that period of time, the the, the residents of Coutts, Windsor, and Ottawa were fearful. Uh, were, were, were worried, were, were upset. Uh, I, I know that they felt uh, that they couldn't leave their apartments or their homes. They couldn't go to work. Businesses were shut down. It was not acceptable that things uh, descended to the level that they did. So I'm very happy that the, that the justice has pointed a way for us forward uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So, you know, unfortunately, Yaroslav, the, these things happen and everybody goes, yeah, lessons learned, we're going to change, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. How much do you trust that there will be, and Anne is right, an update of a, a bill that, that passed in 88 where the realities weren't the realities we're facing today. So, you know, I'm not going to ask you lessons learned, but how much do you trust that things will change and that we will be better prepared? I think it's less about whether this act aged like a fine wine or like a stinky cheese and more a question about federalism. We saw with healthcare last week, we saw with emergency preparedness this week, we have federalism issues. We have intergovernmental, how do you play nice together issues and these probably need to be fixed. We've got a constitution that was written in the 1860s. Uh, and we're trying to figure this out now, and we're struggling through it, issue after issue. Maybe it's time for a bigger rethink on a whole bunch of issues. I don't have a lot of time, but lessons learned. I know it sounds didactic. Well, I mean, I think that uh, Yarrow is right. That, that, I mean, when he said it was a failure, that Rulo said it was a failure of federalism, that's, that's a pretty harsh indictment. And I think that we all know that we have an Ontario Premier who didn't feel like it was his responsibility to have anything to do with what was happening in, in, in a major city in his province. The last word to you. Um, there's a lot of talk from critics on the right that the media is biased. I know that there are reporters that went to work every day in this neighborhood and took huge amounts of abuse and still covered this story fairly and unbiased. And I think that's important to remember. When people criticize our shrinking media, I think the Canadian media did the best job that they could under tremendous circumstances. I, I 
cannot agree with you more. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, that's all the time we have. Greg, Yaroslav, and thanks for making the time. Have a great weekend. And up next, we bring you our Friday press gallery with the political plays and misplays of the week. And yes, that's John Tory. And welcome back. The long-awaited report into the federal government's use of the Emergencies Act ultimately finds the invocation was justified while the mayor of Canada's largest city marks his last day at work. So, who were the political winners and losers this week? Let's bring in the press gallery. Joining me now are CTV News senior digital parliamentary reporter Rachel Aiello. She writes the Capital Dispatch newsletter. Excellent read. Susan Delacorte is a columnist with the Toronto Star. Another excellent read. And our special guest is Greg Weston from Searchlight Strategy Group. Nice to see the three of you. Um, happy Friday. Um, Susan, you have a play relating to today's report into the landmark use of the Emergencies Act. Go. It's got to be Justice Paul Rouleau. Um, I think he did a masterful job in very little time. It's, it's, it's an incredible report for what it says about the political culture in this country without wading into politics. Uh, he was very, very careful. Uh, there is no personal smear stuff in it. Even the embattled Ottawa police chief came out um, very well. He, it was just a very measured and interesting report that I think we should all be reading for uh, not... I, I think we, we may get tied up in, in he's ruled on what caused the, or, or the, what was used to resolve the mess, but he's also had a lot to say about what caused the mess in the first place. And I think everybody should be reflecting on that. Greg, can the federal government walk away with a win? I think the fact that they didn't walk away with a loss uh, if it had actually been a ruling against them that, that the Emergencies Act was not necessary, that would have been the, the, the stab through the heart uh, for the federal government. Uh, the fact that that didn't happen, that uh, Justice Rouleau said it, it was justified, uh, sort of pretty well gives the, the federal government a pass on this one. But he talks about a failure of federalism. Is that, is that on Justin Trudeau? In part, but I think what Rouleau's report says, it's also on Doug Ford, the other premiers, and the municipalities as well. It's also part of the conversation we're having around social media misinformation and, and all that discourse that needs to be looked at going forward from this report as well. And that's part of that issue of federalism coming out of the COVID pandemic. You know, we could anticipate that there was going to be disarray and protests, and it seems that the Rouleau is ruling that they failed to properly prepare for that to be the case and respond in a way that wasn't, you know, fringe minority and more taking their concerns seriously, which the Prime minister today has acknowledged was probably the way he should have gone. Yeah, for the first time. Greg, you have a misplay about uh, Toronto's <laughs> mayor, but we want to listen and watch this first. What do I want to be remembered for? I know my departure and its circumstances will rank high on some lists, but I do hope that in time other things will stand out. So, uh, Greg, break down the misplay for us. Well, which one? I mean, he had this one just turned into a into a revolving door. So he started with a, a misplay by having an affair with with a younger staffer. Hello. How many times does this have to happen 
for people to understand it's not on. It's a no-no. It's a not on. So misplay there. Then he had a an almost perfect play, which was uh, his crisis response. Uh, he admitted he went on camera right away. He went public and said uh, he admitted the affair. He apologized um, for the hurt that he'd caused. He showed remorse and he resigned. Up. Oh. No, so what? Now we're into the the, the next misplay. Was uh, I'm not leaving yet? Well, the whole point in resigning, frankly, uh, is to shut the controversy down. It's not meant to be. Uh, I'm going to punish myself. It was intended to get him out of sight, out of mind, go away until people forget this and forget you for a while, and then maybe you can come back sometime later. But. To hang around and then say, well, I got a budget to pass, I've got something else. He just dragged it out. So that was like the biggest misplay of. Susan, should he have left right away? Was that a misplay? What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm here, yeah. I'm not here. If we hadn't uh, had Justice Reload this week, I was going to give Doug Ford a misplay for saying very publicly that Tory should stay. Um, first of all, it, it sort of put John Tory's reasons to one side. It was, as, as Greg is talking about, once you've resigned, you've resigned, especially if you said you've done it to repair relations with your family and, and get a grip on yourself. And Doug Ford saying, ah, don't worry about that. Just, you know, do a timeout and come back. It, it was an odd, odd press conference, that one. But um, so, yeah, a bit of a, um, I agree with Greg, many misplays there and uh, some misplays shared around. Uh, Rachel, uh, let's hear about your play. Yeah, so I'm giving my play this week to RCMP outgoing RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky. I think generally for reading the room, I think over her tenure, Brenda Lucky wasn't always known for understanding the politics part of her job. And it seems at least in this decision to leave ahead of the Emergencies Act report and ahead of the Nova Scotia Commission mass inquiry findings that she has understood kind of the gameplay that was coming for her, I think, uh, in making this decision decision, she's at least given the illusion that leaving was her decision and that this was a retirement and not a situation where she would have potentially found herself in the coming weeks questioning whether or not she was going to stay, depending on the findings of those reports. So just for deciding to go her own way and make it look like it was her own decision to leave, and it may well have been, uh, that's why she's getting my play. Just um, <clears throat> one controversial commissioner, not that the others weren't, but is her leaving a play? Uh, I, I think it was inevitable. Her, her term was up at the end of March, and, and just the, the sequence of events uh, and misplays that she has had uh, during her tenure uh, led up to uh, you know, the prime minister simply not renewing her term. So she did the right thing and got out ahead of that, but um, uh, it was painful to watch. Susan, the, the last word to you, I have 30 seconds. I thought, the report, I thought that Rouleau's report was going to be a lot tougher on her today. I thought that was, you know, in advance she was previewing that. I was surprised she came up pretty okay in that, but I agree she had to go. She has As to go. What a... Uh... Yes, as, as, as do we all. Uh, exactly. Um, Rachel, Susan, Greg, thanks. Uh, thanks for your thoughts. Thanks for being here every Friday to wrap up the week. It's always very pleasant to have you. And that's your Power Play Week 
in politics. Thank you for spending your time with us. We will be back right here on Monday. And now we're going to hand you over to our colleague Angie Seth in Toronto. Have a wonderful weekend.